Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ag Innovation News Podcast, presented by the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute of Minnesota. I'm Dan Scogan, Director of Government and Industry Relations for AURI. Now, guests on the Ag Innovation News Podcast will shed light on innovations in value-added agriculture, highlight important voices and work that's being done throughout the Minnesota ag sector, and educate the public about resources and organizations that support Minnesota agriculture. For the past two decades, AURI has recognized a Minnesota company or an entrepreneur each year for its innovation and contributions to value-added agriculture through the Ag Innovator of the Year Award. Companies are chosen based on a number of criteria, including uniqueness of product, commercialization potential, and overall potential to impact the industry in which they operate. Past winners have come from as far afield as food companies, bioplastic innovators, and fire suppression products utilizing egg residue. One thing they all share in common is their being part of Minnesota's vibrant value-added agriculture ecosystem. Recently, AURI announced its latest Egg Innovator of the Year Award winner, Agricultural Innovators LLC, for their value-added fertilizer products. And today, this podcast is pleased to bring you a very special individual behind the award-winning innovation. Now, it's a brother team, Adam and Michael Asmus. We weren't able to have Michael join us today, so Adam's going to tell the story about uh, their egg innovation, their business, and their farming history. And I think they just have a great story to tell about egg innovation on a family farm right here in Minnesota. Adam, welcome to the program. And, and let's just start at the beginning to kind of give the audience a little bit of a understanding of where Asmus Farms uh, came from and, and where they've been uh, from the beginning. How did your family get into farming? What was that path from then to now? And, and how did it impact or, or lead you to your Egg Innovator of the Year award-winning product? Thanks for doing this with us. Great to be on with you. Our family kind of has had a history of innovation since the beginning of, of our family farm. We started on our site here in 1910, history of going back for farming, at least as far as we can tell back from when our, our ancestors came over from Prussia back in the, uh, the 1860s. So we've been farming for a long time. But one of the things unique about our farm is that we've always tried to be as close on the leading edge of, of ag technology as we possibly can and looking at things a little bit differently. My great-grandfather was raising purebred Holsteins for a long time to the point where I believe right before his passing, they were looking at working with the, uh, the University of Minnesota for some breeding programs. And then into the 1960s, the family really focused on commercial egg production. Uh, that's kind of the beginning point at that point. And so at that point in time, commercial egg production wasn't really a, a thing. Everyone had backyard flocks. So there wasn't really a need for that, but they figured that just due to growing population, that there will be an increased demand and less people will be growing, you know, having their own backyard flocks. And people at the time, and at least in the area, kind of called them a little bit crazy, but it obviously has worked out for us because due to that focus on eggs, you know, starting in the 60s and really getting into it into the 1990s, allowed for us to kind of look at things differently and to be able to create the products that we're, you know, kind of talking about today, being able to take, you know, a, just kind of a bio waste product from the animals byproduct and be able to turn it into a you know a great fertilizer uh, with AURI's help. And I want to circle back to that, Adam, where we uh, came up with the fertilizer product and, and where you're going with that in the markets. But it's a giant step from raising cattle to raising eggs. That's quite an innovation. To make the ship turn like that is, is really quite remarkable. 
it was a slow process. We were, uh, you know, it was a very traditional farm up until, you know, the 1950s where we had everything from milking cows, steer, hogs, chickens, ducks, sheep. I mean, we did a lot of everything. And I think it was more so just yeah, that, that turn for you know, going away from dairy, going away from, from cows and into poultry was really the big shift. Uh, honestly, I, I, it's something I haven't asked my grandfather as to why they did that. Obviously, I mean, we know that working with dairy is extremely time consuming. It's, it's hard work. So doing that, getting over into poultry and, and, and hogs to a degree must have been a, a natural shift for them. And then just increasing the, the number of of animals that we had on hand when my grandfather and his brother, when they split the business, it's actually kind of ironic because my great uncle took the original two barns that they had built on their farm site. And, and that's what he got when they split the farm and my grandfather got the land. And so then he kind of built his own egg barn in 1981, I believe, was when they really put in the, the first real big one beyond what they had already had previously. And that was, I believe, 9,000 hens at the time. And obviously, you know, even in the early 80s, that was quite the operation. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been just kind of a steady increase ever since and been quite the transition for us. And, and particularly when we did our, our 2013 expansion, which is when we started doing the, the drying of the manure and, and really we ended up tripling our size. That was a big shift. And you know, we also increased our technology. We have a, a robotic automated palletizer. And so we've tried to you know, increase automation and you know, try to stay on the leading edge for you know, technology when it comes to animal husbandry. Is it still, in your opinion, a family farm? Oh, absolutely. Our grandfather still works almost every day out here on the farm. His hours are a lot less than they used to be, but he's very active in the farm. Both my parents are active in it. Uh, Michael and myself are active in it. You know, I have two young boys and I'll bring them out to the farm and then, you know, they can kind of help play around and work a little bit. It definitely is a family farm. I mean, obviously things have, have shifted and we've gotten, you know, more commercialized, but it's absolutely still a family farm. So when you won the Egg Innovator of the Year Award, we heard two different company names being bantered about the Agricultural Innovation LLC and then the High Island Organics. Explain to our listeners today a little bit about the difference between those two companies, if there is a difference, or or why the two names. Yeah, absolutely. So our, our legal entity is, is Agricultural Innovations LLC, and that was kind of chosen as kind of an umbrella type business name. We knew we were going to be doing the fertilizer, but we weren't sure what other sort of products we might make or things we might sell. So we wanted kind of a, a, a good general name that kind of encompassed how we felt about our company and where we wanted to go with this you know, particular branch of our kind of family business. High Island Organics is, is, an, is a unique one. Our father came up with the name High Island Organics in that it's kind of a, an homage to one of the local watersheds that we have, the High Island Creek watershed. And that's been one of those that kind of passes right near our farm and has been, you know, obviously heavily impacted by potential agricultural runoff. And, and it's been a, a local point of work for kind of making sure that the waterways are, are kept clean. And so we took that name High Island and wanted to utilize that kind of as a homage to the, the waters and the soil in the area, because that's kind of what we wanted to do is protect the soil and the water as best we can. And by changing how we handle the the manure and the animal waste that we can really do that with our product i think it's a great story tell us about the product itself that actually got our attention and, and led to the award the high island organic fertilizer how'd that come to be it was kind of a almost a, a necessity for us to to make the product when we did our our, ex, our large expansion back in, in 2013 our farm tripled in size 
And so when it triples in size, we have you know three times as much animal waste to take care of. And knowing that, we needed to find a way to change how we were doing it because you can only transport raw manure so far before it becomes really prohibitively expensive. And this was even before there was a big push for farmers to start using more manures on their soil. So we needed to find a way to, to handle that manure. And one thing that we had discussed with the people that we bought our, our equipment from was a drying process. So we were able to, to buy a, a sort of dryer to take some of the manure from you know, being you know, between 50 and 65% moisture typically and bring it down to about 15% moisture just by using natural barn air and, and heat that the birds themselves put off because because we don't add any uh, supplemental heat into our into our barns it's, they're naturally heated by uh, by the birds own body we were able to take that and and dry it down and that was great but the problem was that when we did that we removed a lot of the mass from the from the manure but we didn't remove any of the volume so we had a very bulky product that was very difficult to move so the next logical step was to try to find a way to make it easier to transport. And so we started digging a lot into how we can densify the product. And through that, we also realized we needed to dry it down a little bit further. And we were able to do that by finding a, a kind of a proprietary process that we utilize that essentially almost pasteurizes the, the manure product using a combination of a, a biomass heater and uh, some water, kind of water jacketed tubes and we're able to utilize that to further dry and then turn that then into uh, the manure pellet that we that we sell to, to customers. And that was kind of the main process that we needed to do because otherwise if we're trying to sell a product that we can't really transport easily, it makes it very difficult for, um, for customers to, to use. And that's where AURI got involved. Is that right? Uh, they played a role in, in not only getting you a, a nutritional analysis or a, a fertilizer analysis, but also in helping to densify and prepare the product? Oh, absolutely. It would have been very, very difficult for our entire project to get off the ground without AURI's assistance. Not only did we get to meet a lot of the guys in the co-products lab, like Alan over there in, in Wasika, and get them to actually make sure that the product was actually going to do what we thought it was going to do and be able to pellet well, uh, but also you yeah, had the nutritional analysis and then kind of further down some other blends that we, we've been able to, to come up with and, and utilize. But yeah, well, without AURI's assistance, it would have been completely almost impossible for this entire product to get off the ground. The technical assistance that AURI offered, especially at the start, was critical. One of the main things that AURI was able to do for us was by running a bunch of samples, they were able to find the, the proper dye compression ratio, which is a little bit inside baseball, but able to find us the proper setting that we need to purchase the proper equipment to actually make a good quality pellet. And had we not been able to do that, we would have had to try to find some private entity that maybe would have been able to do that. But even the people that we ended up purchasing the mill from and other companies that we looked at finding our pellet mill from weren't necessarily willing to do that for us. We needed to have that information ahead of time. And so the only way that we were able to even get that was by you know, AURI essentially running the tests for us to figure out what actually was going to work for us to be able to you know, have us put out a, a really great quality product. And obviously, AURI did the pilot work, and then was scale-up relatively easy after that? And do you do it right there at the farm, or do you have the product processed somewhere else? First part, it, it was fairly easy for us to do that. Uh, AURI did do the pilot runs for us, and that worked out exceptionally well. And actually, even at that point in time, we had some discussions on additional products, and, and they were able to run those as well and kind of get us some information 
regarding potential other products that we could that we could market and sell. We do everything on site on our farm here. So we take the manure, we dry it down, we, we kind of further process and heat treat it, and we do all the pelleting and production here on our on our farm. And we also do all of the uh, the bagging for both the retail size and for the, the, the larger super sack size product. I want to talk more about some of the value-added products that you're producing, but I want to remind our listeners that you're listening to the Ag Innovation News Podcast. And today we're talking with the 2023 winners of the Ag Innovator of the Year Award, Adam and Michael Asmus from the Agricultural Innovations, LLC. We're not able to have Michael with us today, but Adam has been kind enough to spend some time with us on the Ag Innovation News podcast. So Adam, let's go back to a value added because AURI certainly uh, is involved in that. I understand this uh, fertilizer is a value added product, obviously. Are you finding new uses for poultry litter in other areas? Are you making other products at this time in your production process? Yeah, we are actually. AURI just recently ran a couple of, of pilot runs for us on two new products that we'll be uh, launching here that actually that we have launched. Garden vegetable blend, which is a four four four, and a lawn care blend, an organic lawn care blend, which is a seven two one. That was really a critical part for us for increasing our our market share or working to increase our market share in the organic fertilizer space. It has really been a, a big a, a big help for us to have them as as a resource, AURI as a resource. We're always looking at, at alternate ways of, of utilizing the poultry manure. I mean, obviously, there's, there, it's a bit limited in what we can do with it, but we're trying to maximize what we can do with the, the product as, as much as we can and really try to find other ways to add value to the product and then also to kind of add value for the consumer and try to increase the overall market share for a Minnesota-made product. It comes to me as, as I'm listening to you answer that question that although you're in the egg business, you are in the poultry business. And how affected are you by avian influenza? We've been very lucky and very blessed to not have any major impacts of avian influenza on our farm, both from this year and from the, uh, the 2015 outbreak. We've been very lucky in that regard. A number of people that we have worked with have been impacted by it. And that was a, a major fear, particularly into last year, that we would potentially come down with it. Luckily, we have not. Pretty common question asked by most folks who who pay attention to agricultural news and, and, and where food comes from. It's been a little bit nerve-wracking, and we'll we'll see how the spring takes us if we get another flare-up and, and how things go. But luckily, no, we've been unscathed so far, knock on wood. Adam, recently our executive director was quoted as saying that the forward-looking vision at Agricultural Innovations to create a circular approach utilizing their livestock co-product was notable because it also looked at gaps and opportunities which resulted in creating specific fertilizer applications for different plants and uses. Tell our listeners a little more about that circular approach and, and some of the gaps that were identified as you worked through this process. We try not to let anything go to waste. Every single product has value. And so I think for that in particular, the the origin of trying to find every single use for a product really kind of harkens back to kind of the old fashioned way of looking at things where, you know, when it comes to, you know, utilizing an animal, you try to use every single piece of the animal as best you can, including the waste. And so for us, we've looked at having to use um, our manure as a heat source which we, we did for a little bit and it, it didn't work out as well as we'd like to, but by trying to yeah, complete the circle for the utilization of our products, we're always looking for, for alternate ways of, of trying to make sure that we're not letting anything go to waste. So we're always trying to take a different look at, at how we're utilizing the product or, or where, we're, where we're using the product. 
you know, whether it be from, you know, for the eggs or, or for fertilizer itself or for our biochar products, we're always trying to make sure that we're using everything that we can out of the animals to, to the maximum extent. So that's kind of our entire philosophy as, as a company and as a family. You're either putting it back into the farm itself or you're getting it into the product that you're putting out. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Adam, we often work, AURI does, with multi-generational family businesses, but seldom or rarely is it siblings who are running a company together. What's that dynamic like? And give our listeners a little bit of an insight of baseball as how it plays out on decision-making and, and how your business is kind of set up. It is a unique situation. Obviously, I mean, we have some, we had a lot of financial assistance through the farm. Our, our parents are part owners in the company as well. But Michael and I run all the day-to-day operations. I guess the, the nice thing that works for us is that we have different skill sets and different strengths. And our strengths play off of each other pretty well. I am a bit more of the sales and operations side of, of things. So, I mean, I do a lot of the, the actual operations of we're making the product and, and doing a lot of the sales stuff. Michael handles a lot of the, the marketing and the, you know, the administrative work that needs to be done, creating kind of the systems and the processes by which we handle that. Parents kind of do a little bit of oversight, but generally speaking, we're, we're running this thing just ourselves. And so I think our different ways of looking at things surprisingly don't really create any tension because we kind of have a, a very similar goal and a very similar outlook on how we want the company to run and, and where we want the company to go. I mean, obviously we'll, we'll have disagreements, but generally speaking, we can always find some sort of compromise. Generally speaking, just have a similar approach to how we want this company to grow. So surprisingly enough, we don't really have any major problems or major disagreements when it comes to, to running the business. It, it works out really, really well. And it's great to be able to work with, with my brother pretty much every day to make the company great. Are you online sales, retail sales? Where do people find you most often? We do have a number of brick and mortar retailers that we're working with. We're always looking to expand that, that network of folks. I think we have 31 stores across four different states, mainly focused in, in Minnesota. But we also do offer online e-commerce sales through our website. Oftentimes we have entrepreneurs or innovators who, who listen to our podcast to try to get some nuggets that they can use to move their next big thing forward. What kind of advice could you give somebody who isn't there yet, but uh, is hoping to go down the similar path that you went down? I think this is one of the most challenging ones because I don't, I don't necessarily feel comfortable offering advice because we're still, <laughs> we're still learning. I don't feel like I'm you know, an expert in any way, shape or form, but I would have to say the biggest thing is, I guess, is to try to go in and try to know your market as best you can. Try to understand what you're doing and, and understand what your values and goals are. And to know where you want to be, what you want to aim for. I know it's, it's kind of boilerplate, but I mean, I guess that that would be kind of my advice. Just try to know your try to know your market as best you can. Dig into it. Find out who the competitor, who your competitors might be. Talk to people uh, that are that are working in the space that you're working in. And, and ask a lot of questions and, and don't be afraid to, to feel like you're asking a dumb question because a lot of times, particularly if you talk to somebody who's already in, in the space or in a, in a similar space, asking some of these really basic questions can really open up a conversation in which those really true nuggets of, of wisdom can fall right out and, and you, can, you can utilize them. Adam, is there a... Something in your business or your business model that keeps you up at night yet? What do you worry about? 
Usually my big concern every year is always just making sure that we have enough products for the customers who have purchased the stuff. That's always my, my, my main thing, just making sure that, that we have all of our, all of our bases covered when it comes to making sure that, you know, that we haven't, you know, over promised and then under delivered. That's, that's my main thing. And we always, we always make sure that we, we do that. And, and if for some reason we can't, we always make sure we're opening communication, but that's always my, that's, that's my only thing, making sure that we can, we can put out a really great product and get it to the people that, that, that need it and want it. That's, that's really the only thing that, that really keeps me up on occasion. And then I don't know if you can share anything that's coming down the, the pike yet, but what's the next big thing that we're going to see out of uh, Agricultural Innovations, LLC? Yeah. So like, like I had mentioned earlier, we have, we launched two new retail products this year, a garden veg blend and a lawn care blend. So those are the two new ones. We only had two products prior to that. We had our, our 432 all-purpose that was, that was very successful and our biochar. We're always looking at, we have a couple of other products, a potential compost booster that we're looking at potentially running, some other sort of fertilizer blends as well that we're looking at trying to put out, working with AURI on, on getting those kind of nailed down for potential ratios and how we would build those. We've had some conversations regarding potential carbon offset credits with our biochar. So that's another thing that we're looking at potential business opportunity and you know, a couple of things we have a little bit under wraps yet, but you know, we're always, we're always trying to find new, new ways and new angles of, of looking at it. For someone not familiar with biochar, what's the purpose? So biochar typically is used as a, as a soil amendment and it's created through a process known as pyrolysis, which is combustion under very low temperatures. It's essentially the same process that they use to make charcoal. And so through our process of, of heat treatment, the biomass burner that we have utilizes post-consumer wood pellets as a fuel source. And so what we're able to do is take those post-consumer wood pellets and create from a factory that does pallet repair. And so they turn them into wood pellets for, for home heat. And we're able to take those and use some of the energy in those to heat, treat, and essentially pasteurize the, the manure product before it goes in and gets pelletized. But then the, the leftover byproduct is a very high carbon kind of granular product that's used for, especially for sandy soils. It works really, really well for holding on nutrients. It's exceptionally porous. So it almost works like a, like a condominium for soil microbes, which we, you know, we're learning more and more how important those are. And also there, there's been discussion about whether or not that product can actually sequester CO2 in the atmosphere. And so that's been the, the next kind of stage on, on biochar production is basically creating biomass that can trap CO2 and help the issues with, with the climate. So that's kind of the next, the next phase. Uh, so it's great for helping build up soil, holding on to nutrients and water, helping the soil microbes, and also for helping the atmosphere and the environment. Probably the best explanation I've heard of biochar, Adam. You did a nice job with that one. <laughs> Let's wrap it up, giving you the final word there uh, in case listeners want to learn more about your company or, or purchase some of your products. Where's the best place to find you? The best place to find us is online at highislandorganics.com. They can purchase all of our products online there, or we have a little find a retailer button, I think in the upper right-hand corner of the website. If you want to go and support a local business that's picked up our product, that'd be great too. Adam Asmus, thanks so much for your time today and good luck in the future. Thank you. We've been visiting with Adam Osmus from Agricultural Innovations, LLC. The 2023 Ag Innovators of the Year is awarded by AURI. We want to thank them for joining us today and thank you for listening to the Ag Innovation News Podcast presented by the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute of Minnesota. 
Thanks to our podcast crew, Eric Evans, the AURI Director of Communications, and Lisa Martinez, AURI Communications Coordinator and Editor of this production. To learn more about AURI, go to auri.org.